This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, this weekend is, uh, is right there on a par with opening fishing. It is, of course, opening deer hunting, so it's a time to check in with Blaine Clemick, the Northwest Regional Wildlife uh, Manager. Blaine, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks, Kev. Good to be here, and it's good to be talking hunting again with you. Well, it is a deer hunting opener this weekend, of course, and, and that is a huge, huge weekend. And I think it, it maybe even uh, is a little more intense than the opening of fishing, if only because the season is so much shorter and so much more condensed. Yeah, I would say uh, that's exactly right. Um, although it's, you know, when you think back to the springtime and uh, when fishing season uh, season opens up, uh, there's lots of uh, backups uh, at the public water accesses with boats and, and uh, trailers and trucks. Uh, but yeah, right now, um, and particularly maybe more so tomorrow, uh, traffic will be backed up heading north, uh, deer hunters. So uh, people will notice it. People will notice it, especially if they're coming from the cities, uh, heading down to the cities or or in the northbound lanes, uh, there's going to be a lot of traffic heading north, uh, especially up here to Bemidji where there's such a wealth of public land and, and established hunting camps. So it's a big, big weekend, Kev. Yeah, it is. Um, let's talk a little bit about deer populations just in general in the state of Minnesota. I mean, obviously we think of northern Minnesota, we think of deer hunting, uh, but there are deer everywhere. Uh, has there ever been a, a good study done to determine where the deer, how the deer populations break down in the various regions? You know, as far as uh, specific population densities, um, we have a, a general sense of uh, the the um, deer population per square mile, deer density per square mile, because as most hunters know, um, the the state of Minnesota, DNR, manages deer on uh, not necessarily the statewide on a statewide scale, but at a very small deer permit area scale. So, just for an example, hunters hunting up here this weekend. Uh, in the greater Bemidji area, we'll be hunting in permit uh, deer permit area, DPA 684. It used to be called 184, but it, unfortunately, uh, now that it has a 6 in front of the 84, uh, that that uh, tells everybody that this is a, sir, uh, a CWD management zone, unfortunately. But uh, in any event, Kev, um, we have a fair idea just based upon our population model um, the uh, deer per square mile and, and its goal, uh, citizens help us with that. Each, uh, each every, every 10 years, deer permit areas undergo what is called a population goal-setting process where citizens are involved in providing input to DNR on where they want that population to be. Do they want it remaining stable? Do they want a decrease in the population by X amount? Uh, you know, percent-wise, and, uh, you know, or an increase. Uh, 25% increase is a, is a common goal for some of these uh, population goal-setting um, 
uh, processes that we do with each deer permit area. So that was a long-winded answer. Uh, you know, the, the the actual statewide population estimate for deer is right around that 1.2, I think 1.3 million animals. Uh, you know, there it states in the deer management plan that, uh, uh, you know, the goal is a 200,000 annual harvest of deer. We've fallen well short of that in recent years um, yeah, because population, quite frankly, in some places of Minnesota is, uh, is substantially less than what it used to be. So uh, even, even with that said, uh, hunters are going to find that deer hunting this weekend uh, up here in the northwest part of the state is going to be pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, I, as you mentioned, we are in a CWD zone. So for those who are hunting in that uh, zone, tell us what that means for us. Okay. Yes. Uh, last year, of course, there were two white-tailed deer, uh, male deer bucks that were um, found to unfortunately have chronic wasting disease, you know, in the wild herd. Um, so that uh, sets, sets the stage for uh, more intense management of the herd uh, with regard to disease management and uh, controlling the spread of chronic wasting disease. So whenever it's found in the wild herd, whenever CWD, chronic wasting disease, is found in the wild herd, Kev, um, that particular permit area is designated then as a CWD management zone, and with that comes um, uh, carcass movement restrictions for example uh, you can't move a carcass out of 684 that you've harvested in 684 unless you have uh, already quartered that animal out or you've had the the venison processed you know you see we don't want any uh, brain material uh, the spinal column and such moved out of the management zone uh, for potentially spreading Prions, uh, the the misshapen proteins that give that gives rise to CWD. We don't want carcasses to be let uh, to be moved out of the zone, you know, to potentially infect uh, other other parts of the state. So that's what that that carcass movement restriction is in place for. And also, Kev, um, there would be uh, um, there is, I should say, um, deer feeding and attractant bans in place. Uh, we don't want to concentrate deer into a close, you know, um, association with each other by by artificially feeding deer. You know, deer are brought together, uh, sharing saliva, um, you know, uh, feces, urine, um, you know, even semen can spread CWD through, through the prion. So you don't want to bring deer necessarily together nose to nose. That, that could potentially spread disease too. So that's the reason for that deer feeding and attractant ban. So, um, however, there, there isn't any plans to increase the harvest, you know, of 684. Uh, in some places in southeast Minnesota, there um, are some sharpshooting activities that occur if not, if not enough deer are harvested by hunters. Um, so we don't have any of those kinds of plans up here. 684 is, uh, I think, a two-deer limit this year, and that's uh, not anything to do with chronic waste and disease control at all. Uh, hunters are just um, 
you know, going to be able to participate in the hunt without any added pressure of a late season hunt uh, or um, added harvest. Uh, it could happen, though, Kev, that uh, a late season, I mean, that is, that is an option, a late season hunt. We did have one last mm-hmm. year, for example. Um, uh, but uh, there's, at this time, no, no plans for a late season hunt in 684. Okay. Now, um, if we get our deer, deer in 684, what do we do next? Say that one more time. Jeff. So if we get our deer uh, during the season here in, in, in 684, oh. what do we do next? Yeah, what do you do next? Um, glad you brought that up because that's pretty key to the whole thing. <laughs> um, chronic waste and disease sampling. Uh, in other words, hunters would have to uh, take their animal uh, the first two days of the season, Saturday and Sunday, right? Um, you got 24 hours to get that animal uh, to a CWD sampling station. So uh, we've got several of them set up around Bemidji uh, and uh, surrounded commun- surrounding communities uh, for hunters wherever they happen to be hunting in 684. Um, we'll be able to take their animal straight to uh, one of these CWD sampling stations where we'll have staff and college students uh, um, right there ready to uh, process your, your deer. And that would, what I mean by that is simply that um, we take and remove the, the two lymph nodes that are uh, in the throat region of, of the animal. Um, should, should a hunter harvest a, uh, a trophy buck, uh, we certainly would not be cutting into the hide of a trophy buck. Uh, we, there are options that we, we provide the hunter and be able to go take that animal to a taxidermist and have it caped, or we ask the hunter to, to cape the animal prior to uh, them bringing the deer to us. To us. So um, lots of options, Kev, for hunters uh, to get those animals sampled. Uh, they can uh, either uh, bring it to a sampling station where there's staff there to do it for them, uh, there's actually self-service stations set up around too, where you can just fill out a little bit of paperwork on your own and drop the head off into a, a, a container, um, tagged and everything with the information, uh, or go on the, the website and you can order yourself a sampling kit. And uh, hunters can simply do it on their own, send it in. It, everything is completely provided in this little kit, uh, down, down to even the latex gloves and, and uh, you know, a, a, um, a blade and such to cut the deer, various, various items that you do need to do the job of getting at the lymph nodes. And you can send that, those samples into a diagnostic lab uh, in the envelope that's provided. And then after that, Kev, uh, no doubt, hunters want to know if their animal that they have tested or, or have uh, given um, samples for testing uh, toward the effort, they'll go on the website. Go on the website uh, within uh, about two weeks' time, uh, sometimes a little bit less. But uh, by simply keying in your MinDNR number, um, you would be able to then find out if your animal came back uh, positive or negative. And so hunters have that ability too, just to simply check and see if they've uh, harvested an infected animal or not. Do you, 
Besides CWD, are there any concerns about deer populations and deer health in Minnesota? Um, I, I would say not necessarily. Uh, there are some concerns, especially, especially with deer hunters, but yet on the other side of the coin, uh, you know, we have farmers, too, that um, often, you know, have uh, a fair amount of depredation from too too large of uh, deer populations, right? So, you know, there's that fine balance of wildlife management, uh, uh, you know, to, to have a healthy and um, sustaining herd of white-tailed deer on the landscape. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a balance. However, uh, mm-hmm. given that Mother Nature sometimes throws some curveballs in the last couple of winters here in northern Minnesota, was uh, deemed by some as on the severe side there there was some deer mortality um absolutely i uh, wouldn't say it was necessarily widespread and and, and necessarily um severe in in the mo- most areas that actually had uh, a, a hard winter um but there were pockets pockets of deep snow and anytime snow is 15 in- inches or deeper uh deer have a difficult time moving through it and getting getting to feed sources uh and plus if it's super cold below zero um that can compound that and we've had a couple of those winters kev and so in some places in northern minnesota um you know those populations are reflective of a couple of of harder winters um and and in some places wolves too uh, are contributing to uh perhaps some decline in the deer population, you know, local deer populations. Uh, and you'll have hunters that do bring that up from time to time that, you know, where they hunt uh, happens to be places where where wolves also hunt deer. Uh, you, know, you know, frequently re- will report seeing lots of wolves and wolf signed. Um, so in some cases, you're in competition with, with wolves, uh, which is somewhat reflective in, in parts of the state where, wolf populations are higher and snow and winters are longer uh there there might be fewer deer to hunt places like northeast minnesota the arrowhead uh parts of places up by by the boundary waters and and even right here in northwest minnesota uh, we do have a fair number of wolves and uh and harsher winters which uh which uh in some cases we've got a couple of dpas uh deer permit areas that have um uh bucks only harvest you know and that 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 immediately tells a deer hunter that that uh you know populations aren't too high and bucks only so you protect the females you know to try to build that herd back up northwest regional wildlife manager blaine clemick my guest today we are talking deer hunting we'll continue the conversation next and take a look at some of the other hunting seasons as well i'm bruce gene at rainy lake guiding I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. 
visit Bemidji one step further. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nissel Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Opening deer hunting is upon us, so we're checking in with Blaine Clemick, the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager. And Blaine, I've had a couple people tell me I need to ask you a question when I talk to you. Uh, and, and they want to know why our deer hunting season is so much earlier than neighboring states, and they feel it should be later. A, why do they feel that way, and B, what's your response? Well, I tell you what, yeah, there are definitely uh, some states that hunt deer after the rut or just, you know, at the, at the uh, not necessarily perhaps after the rut. Like, there, there's always going to be some rut activity going on in the month of November, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, there's rut activity going on in December. Uh, the, you know, does that aren't bred uh, during that prime rut time, you know, when they come into estrus, typically in that first couple of uh, weeks of November, if they are not uh, bred uh, during that particular time, they come into estrus one more time, and that typically is in December. Um, so, you know, yes, Minnesota's traditional deer hunting hunting season is uh, is prime rut, and uh, bucks tend to be more vulnerable. Um, you know, given the fact that uh, what what they have on their mind is uh, <laughs> is finding does, right? Yeah, and uh, they don't necessarily do a lot of feeding at that time. Um, so yeah, the theory is is that too many large bucks are harvested out of a population during prime rut. Now, I will say this: um, as a hunter, I enjoy hunting deer during that time of year. Uh, whether or not it's with a bow, muzzleloader, or or, uh, or a rifle. Um, and I like the opportunity of being able to hunt bucks during that time. Uh, I would not necessarily be um, um, against, for example, if there was a groundswell of support by the majority of deer hunters to move the season later in the month you know that that is a possibility, but frankly, the surveys that we do that ask that very question, um, most hunters do not want to move the season out of the rut. Uh, they don't want it for a couple reasons. Uh, you know, they like the ability, the ability to perhaps uh, have a better chance at harvesting a mature buck, but also it does get colder later on in the month. And uh, that that does, in fact, factor into hunter participation, and and so the DNR uh, just can't make these blanket changes, Kev, without public input. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, frankly, the majority of the public that uh, have been, you know, that that have responded to these various surveys uh, have have spoken, and the majority don't want to move the hunt out of the rut. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at some of the other hunting seasons we've uh, we've had this year. I mean, the duck the duck season just wrapped. Uh, what are your uh, initial thoughts, and what are you hearing? Well, duck hunting, you know, still going on. Oh, it is. I thought uh, I thought it ended yeah. at the end of October, but well, it's it's going on. But it <laughs> again, Mother Nature often uh, will dictate just how long a sixty day 
duck hunting season is, right? Mm. And guess what's going on right now? I mean, uh, nobody has to guess because if they've looked out their window or dri- driven by, you know, wetlands and uh, and uh, shallow lakes, uh, there's ice on them now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so does that necessarily stop um, duck hunting from occurring? I mean, is it just a, you know, just an instant end to the season? No, it's not. Uh, there's a lot of hunting still going on. Um, deer hunt, or I'm sorry, duck hunting. A lot of duck hunters are out there still. They're doing field hunting, and and not all bodies of water, of course, are are frozen. Uh, the big lakes, uh, of course, are well open yet, and will be for some time, unless it gets really cold. <laughs> I don't foresee that happening uh, anytime real soon because it looks like we're going to have another warm up. So, you know, this season uh, is, is still is still with us. Uh, you know, the north zone of the waterfowl season, uh, Kev, is is uh, till the 21st of November. So people are still out there. You can hunt goose, uh, Canada goose, until the 22nd of December in the north zone. You know, a lot of field hunting is going on, and, uh, you know, there's still, still a lot of migration, mi- a lot of migration going on. So... Uh, waterfowl hunters out there are having some success. In fact, I just got a photograph from a co-worker of mine who who uh, took the day off yesterday or two days ago, and uh, I couldn't believe the numbers of ducks that him and his party of hunters got out near the Glenwood area. Um, a mixed bag of puddle ducks and uh, several Canada geese, too. So um, still alive, alive and well out there, waterfowl hunting. Okay, and that yeah, that would include geese as well. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of dependent on when they decide to head south, right? <laughs> yeah, you got it. You know, and a lot of people, a lot of diehard uh, waterfowl hunters anticipate um, that annual switch of the north wind, and uh, when things get cold and things begin freezing up further north, Canada, uh, that's when huge blocks of migrating waterfowl enter the state of Minnesota and uh, it can be pretty pretty fast and furious uh, shooting uh, for a brief time when uh, migrating waterfowl move through. And uh, another uh, thing people really like to hunt up here is grouse um, and I'd, I'd heard the drumming was active. Uh, how did it all turn out? Yeah, ruffed grouse particular in particular. Yes. Um, yep. Uh, has been, by all accounts, uh, an outstanding season, and, and I can attest myself uh, good good success on my own. I'm a I'm a walking hunter, um, and a walking hunter without a dog these days, and mm-hmm. uh, I've been fair you know fair success, lots of flushes, lots of misses, <laughs> but uh, that's how it works with rough grouse. Um, but all hunters that I've spoken to and reports that I've gotten from area staff throughout the, the Northwest region, um, you know, particularly up here in the North where rough grouse populations are more dense, um, been very good. Uh, lots of flushes, lots of young birds, um, and just a lot of happy hunters. So rough grouse hunting, uh, has been good and still will be good. Uh, of course you can hunt rough grouse through the month of December um, I think I think actually until January one, but in any event, uh, all of December, and uh, 
guys that are hunters that go out after sharp-tailed grouse has has you know they've done well too. We've got a really good population of sharp-tails further northwest uh, of us here, and uh, those that chase those sharpies out in the open grassland and brushland complexes of northwest Minnesota have reported really good success on sharpies too. Okay. And, of course, uh, we had a fall turkey season. Um, how's that been? You know, I haven't seen any reports yet, uh, you know, like harvest levels. It's always quite low, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, people can hunt turkeys, uh, first off, in the fall for uh, about a month, maybe a little bit longer than that. But in any event, uh, it's, not, it's not a hunt that necessarily attracts a lot of people. But um, it seems to be just increasing slightly more each year. Uh, you know, maybe don't quote me on it, so to speak, but I, I you know, the participation uh, isn't, you know, as far as licenses sold, is, is in the low thousands, two thousands, I think. I'm not entirely sure about that, but it, it's, it's, not, it's not a real popular pursuit for people, but people do. I, I've hunted fall turkey. It's a, it's a whole different experience in springtime, although you can at times uh, um, decoy birds to you, and even with some amount of calling can uh, attract birds to you, but a lot of times it's spot and stock uh, flocks of birds, or uh, what a lot of bow hunters do is they, they buy a uh, turkey license, fall turkey license, and have that, and they have that in their pocket, and they can um, while hunting whitetails from a deer stand along a field edge, uh, take take a turkey that happens to to walk by. That happens quite often, and seemingly uh, in the same types of habitats and u- utilizing fields field edges. And a lot of people take turkeys that way. And of course, one more thing about turkey hunting season, as you know, Kev, the, you know you can take uh, a, a male or a female bird in the fall, whereas in the spring you can only take a, a male bird. Or a bird with a beard, I should say, because in some cases, interestingly enough, uh, hens will have a beard. So, um, all of those pic- th- uh, things we're talking about, overall, uh, Northwest region looking pretty good? Looking pretty good. Um, you know, those of listeners that know what we talk about when we talk about the Northwest region, it's it's a very diverse place. Uh, Northwest Minnesota has uh, a lot of diverse habitats and you know you can you can hunt the prairie grasslands, you can hunt the aspen parklands, you can hunt the, the coniferous forest and the deciduous forest. So lots of diversity, lots of opportunity and lots of selections, different species to hunt. Uh, you know whitetail abundance ranges um, from from high density to low density depending upon where you're at. Uh, obviously, rough grouse populations are more abundant here in the north than they are further south, like in the Fergus Falls and you know Detroit Lakes area. But you can't find prairie chickens up here, but you can find prairie chickens over by Detroit Lakes, and that's another hunting season that we have. Um, and of course, the waterfall hunting is 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 variable across the the landscape. But um, that's maybe the, well, that is the beauty of this region and and why it's so attractive to hunters and anglers and trappers too for that matter is is that diversity and that opportunity 
So what is uh, your game plan? What are the things you and your crew are doing, you know, from here until um, through the winter? I know one of the things you'll be doing is you won't be hunting most of you guys this weekend because you probably have to be at those uh, those sites, right? Yeah, you're exactly right, Kev. Um, you know, just about every single one of us in the section of wildlife, uh, the Division of Fish and Wildlife, um, will be working this this weekend for uh, anywhere from two to four days uh, collecting lymph nodes from hunter harvested deer so yeah those that hunt deer uh, of us in the in the DNR um, section of wildlife uh, won't be hunting deer until after the CWD sampling is over (laughs) and uh, it's a big it's a big lift uh, and it's getting bigger every year Uh, we all hold our breath uh, hoping that we don't find another sample somewhere else in the state where it's never been found because, of course, that will just add to the workload, right? Right. And we're trying to slow the spread of CWD. Um, we're sampling up in the far northwest uh, in the elk range this year for the first time since the mid-2000s. We sample uh, deer in the Grand Rapids area now. We sample deer over by Crookston, um, that area of northern Minnesota. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, after that, things start to quiet down a little bit um, as far as uh, what we in the DNR are working, you know, hunting seasons in the sec, you know, for the section of wildlife I'm talking for uh, workload, hunting seasons are wrapping down. So there will be a lot of recap, you know, uh, just determining the harvest levels of, uh, you know, throughout the deer seasons coming up, the muzzleloader season and so forth. And then, Kev, will a lot of our staff then will begin thinking about next spring and uh, about habitat projects. Uh, we will be um, submitting project proposals for uh, funding for doing any kind of habitat project, whether it's brushland management, grassland management, wetland management. Um, we'll be doing all that, um, and that's that's coming up too. And plus, uh, just getting ready for. It's hard to believe, but we have staff out there that that are mowing fire breaks, you know, getting in preparation for next spring's burning season. So there's really no downtime, uh, but it's just another time, and it's, and it's a lot of planning going on uh, throughout the winter months uh, as well. All right. Well, it's uh, it's going to be a, a big stretch uh, of time here, very important uh, stretch of days for the deer hunting season. Um, a lot of people take a lot of vacation time to make it happen. It's certainly a great family tradition for so many families, and, uh, and boy, I can't believe it's already here. I know. And, and you, you hit it right on the head. It's a tradition, right? That's what's so exciting about it. And, and I tell you what, even even those that don't hunt deer can feel the excitement when, you know, the people showing up into small towns and, and big towns alike, uh, you know, the blaze orange hanging on clothes racks and and all the business that that deer hunters uh, bring to communities i i hunt up north of carlstad and that's where in fact that's where i'll be actually sampling deer too is in the city of carlstad this year but that little town of i don't even think 800 people um you know the 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 places the, the you know the eagles club there has a has a deer hunters feed that the boy scouts put on it's a fundraiser you know and um, you know, grocery stores 
full of uh, of good food and good snacks and stuff for deer hunters to buy. And anyway, it, it, that's played out throughout the whole state. And uh, deer camps are getting, you know, right now people are arriving at deer camps and, uh, you know, warming the place up, whatnot, setting up tents, you name it, campers. And so it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and it's a lot of fun. I tell you what, Blaine, I would, I would expect a man like you who has hunted and fished for so many different species, and certainly deer, uh, has probably got some pretty good recipes for venison. And I'll let, you, I'll let you think about a couple of those, and then when we uh, check in with you in a few weeks, kind of do a recap, uh, and everybody's got their deer, you can, you can give us some ideas on how we can make that venison be as tasty as possible. All right. That, you got yourself a deal. All right. Anything else, Blaine, before we wrap it up today? Well, you know, I, I would say uh, everybody that is listening and they're going to participate in the deer hunt, I hope, you know, everyone has a safe hunt um, and a successful hunt. You know, success is measured on all kinds of different scales, and, and maybe a, a deer hanging from the meat pole is, is success. It truly is, but uh, success is just, as my grandfather Greenwood used to say, a successful hunting or fishing trip is, is getting there and, and getting back home again. So. You know, everybody have a good time and enjoy yourself. And, uh, you know, also thank you for uh, your your help with battling CWD and bringing your gear in and, and getting it sampled. So, uh, yeah, a lot there, I guess I said, but uh, I, I, uh, I mean it all. And uh, you know, good luck to all the hunters out there. All right, he's Blaine Clemick. He is the Northwest Regional Wildlife Manager and uh, helped us preview the deer season and recap a few other seasons. Always great to have him on the show. Blaine, thank you so much for taking the time today. You're welcome, Kevin. Uh, thank you for having me on. Bob Barn, yeah. Country, country.